Good morning. For those who don't know me, and there are a couple of faces I don't recognise, my name is Scott, and I'm part of the leadership team here. And uh, I'm going to try and bring a sermon this morning, not as a preacher, but as an everyday Joe Carpenter, like everyone else here is just everyday Joe, so please don't judge me too harshly. Um, So anyway, I thought today we'll start looking at who wrote Galatians, why it was written, what the root words mean, and how we can apply the lessons in 10 simple steps. 10 points. points. Does that sound good? Anyone who knows me knows that I can talk. I can talk about just about any given topic. And the joke on on our latest holiday as we were driving through the wilds of Norway was, who put a coin in the talk box? Because I can pretty much talk about anything. Everywhere we go, I want to know all about the place and I want to share everything about that place. The history, who lived there, what the mountains are made of, how they were formed, what things we can do, etc., etc. And it just became the joke. Don't put another coin in the box. But anyway, luckily for you, today is not that day. I'm going to keep it simple. I have one point. It hopefully will be simple to understand and hopefully my sermon will be short. I'll be reading from Galatians 5, verse 22. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. And today I'll be concentrating on kindness and goodness. If you speak to most people outside the church about what they think of Christians you'll most likely hear a few common themes. Some negative, some positive. You might hear judgmental, self-righteous, closed-minded. But how often do you hear people use the word kind to describe Christians? Or good? Can you be good without being kind? Or kind without being good? Can you be kind and good without it being a fruit of the Spirit? I think the answer to all these questions is yes. This morning I want to explore what goodness and kindness as a fruit of the Spirit means. And not just virtues that make social interactions easier and more satisfying. The way people view Christians has a lot to do with the media, as they like the sensational stories that sell. Stories of crazy Christians in the US who treat certain political leaders with religious fervour, as though they are God's or at least God's representative even when they display nothing that would lead you to that conclusion. Or Christians who picket gay weddings, or military funerals, and hold placards telling people that they're going to hell. Fortunately, we know examples of professing Christians who live lives trying to overcome sin. They're part of a community of believers that show kindness and discernment to those that don't hold to our values or beliefs. So today I'm going to be talking about goodness and kindness as fruit of the Spirit. I may define things a little differently to you, but I hope that you will understand what I'm trying to say and that we will leave with something to think about in understanding what it means to have these fruit of the Spirit and how one without the other doesn't really work. I think goodness is found in the pursuit of holiness, being set apart from the world in our beliefs and the practice of our lives. Understanding that God has an intention for human flourishing 
and that the rules for life given to us in Scripture are for us to thrive and to be more like God. To be a Christian is to do whatever you do with great passion and devotion. We throw ourselves into what we do because we believe that everything is sacred. Live like Christ followers and then whatever you do will be sacred, holy work. We shouldn't be surprised that our lives will look different to their non-believing neighbours. We should also not be surprised that the things that we believe would be different and seen as foolish or narrow-minded by the world. We should not be surprised that what we see as good may be different to what the world sees as good as we are looking through an eternal lens. Some of the good things in my life certainly have not felt good at the time and some things that fall into the goodness category are very hard to swallow when we are faced with them. Hardships often bring about the greatest changes in our lives and we can only see God's goodness when we see the journey from the other side. I could give examples, but I'm sure that we can all think of this in our lives. 1 Corinthians 2, verse 10. The Spirit searches all things, even the deep things of God. For who knows a person's thought except their own spirit within them? In the same way, no one knows the thoughts of God except the Spirit of God. What we have received is not from the Spirit of the world, but a Spirit who is from God, so that we may understand what God has freely given us. This is what we speak, not in words taught by human wisdom, but in words taught by the Spirit, explaining spiritual realities with Spirit-taught words. The person without the Spirit does not accept these things that come from the Spirit of God, but considers them foolishness and cannot understand them because they are discerned only through the Spirit. The person with the Spirit makes judgments about all things, but such a person is not subject to merely human judgments. For who has known the mind of the Lord so as to instruct him? But we have the mind of Christ. I think for the most part, we Christians are pretty good at this. We spend time coming to church, we hear the word taught from the pulpit, and the truth imparted in the songs that we sing. We're involved in Christian communities like home groups. Many of us read the scripture in our private time, and we pray to have the truth revealed to us by the Spirit. If we let this teaching set into our hearts, and then we try to live our goodness in our actions every day, at work, people notice that our language is different and that the way we treat others with respect. We support charities that help those that need extra support to live well. We spend our time, our money differently and know that the trappings of the world will bring no lasting joy. We try to resolve conflict and we take actions to make relationships flourish. With the spirit in us, the fruit of goodness does wonderful things to improve our lives and the lives of others. Whilst this way of life is good, this is not to say that this way of living is easy. And when Jesus says that his yoke is easy and his burden is light, I think we often misunderstand what he means. I read this one commentary while I was mulling over this sermon. I believe it was in Bible Gateway. And it's talking about the yoke of Jesus talked about in Matthew 11. It said, 
What is true of God in general is also specifically attributed to Christ, who is gentle. In this connection, Jesus' kind yoke might better be understood to speak of the fact that is gently and considerably, considerately laid upon his disciple rather than that it is easy to accomplish. That last bit I just love. I'll read it again. The yoke is gently and considerably, considerably, <laughs> <laughs> gently and considerately laid upon his disciple rather than that it is easy to accomplish. With all this positivity flowing, it is easy to forget that we can easily identify as Christian and not let the Spirit work in us if we don't cultivate the Spirit's work in us. And our lives then won't bear the fruit of goodness. I was, and I'm still challenged as I prepared this sermon, to look behind me. Do I see a trail of goodness? I've been thinking about it a lot this week. I certainly want the Spirit to produce goodness in me, I want to be a good Jesus follower, a good representative of the Jesus way. We've seen many professing believers abandon the truth of Scripture and try to make the teaching of Jesus more palatable to the world. We've also seen many Christian leaders, in fact some of my favourite pastors, authors and worship leaders, involved in scandals that show that goodness is not always an inevitable outcome. I don't think anyone who follows Jesus sets out to produce bad fruit. I'm conscious that I need to be humble in my own failings. I need to pursue holiness with intention and let the Spirit work in me to bear the fruit of goodness. Goodness has and will change the world. But what of kindness? I think many people will struggle with kindness as they navigate the pressures of modern life. Or maybe it's just me. I know some of you are deeply kind, but sometimes we're just polite. Once again, I doubt Christians set out to be unkind, but I wish that we as believers were known for kindness. But unfortunately, often we are not. Sometimes we have to let the Spirit work in us to help us treat others and even ourselves with kindness. Of course, there are people in the church that are excellent at kindness. I have experienced some amazing kindness, both to myself, my family, and I've witnessed amazing acts of kindness in the church. I've had people go out of their way to help us financially when the Spirit has led them, adopted us as family members, given kind words of encouragement, brought meals when it was needed, bitten their tongue and shown grace when I've gone off on a rant about something, and I can assure you that does happen. I also see and read of acts of kindness displayed by believers around the world that truly shock me in the level of otherworldliness and self-sacrifice. When the Spirit moves in a life, it is an awesome and beautiful thing. When Michelle and I moved to Canada, we were shown so much kindness that it was overwhelming at times. People that we, would never, we had never met would give us money because God had told them that we needed it. And at those times... God knew we really did. The time that stands out to me most was when Michelle and I took the youth group away to a teaching teaching and praise event called Power Praise. We couldn't afford the fuel to get there. We couldn't afford meals. And we had a stack of bills at home to pay that we couldn't afford. 
During the event, a lady who we have never met, she came up to us. She thanked us for coming. She thanked us for the work that we were doing with the young people. And she handed us an envelope. She said that the Lord had said to her that we needed this. Not knowing what it was, we later opened it and found a significant amount of money in that envelope. We had no way to thank her, so we thanked God. This is a kindness that can only come from the Spirit, something that cost her, and the selflessness was humbling. Whilst in Canada, we were adopted into local families from the get-go, and in the first week of arrival, we were invited to a family reunion pool party and treated like family. Even our Christian landlord significantly reduced our rent in the winter to help with the cost of the fuel to heat, which we were struggling to afford. This is the spiritual kind of fruit that I've taught, spiritual fruit of kindness that I'm talking about. You know it's ripe when you reach for it and it falls off in your hand. It is plump and ripe and sweet. In fact, the reason that we stayed at this church when we first came to this area is because of the outrageous kindness shown by one person, I'm not sure if she's here at the moment, but Sue Fairley. I don't want to embarrass her. I don't think she's here, so... I couldn't even see her. She's right in front of me. (laughs) Uh, But she needs a mention as someone who consistently models godly kindness. She even has a way of giving criticism that makes you feel good about yourself. (laughs) So much more effective than the common garden variety of criticism that church leaders get on a regular basis. The place where I see the greatest lack of kindness in the church is probably in our words. In our judgments between right and wrong, we see sin and condemn it as we are called to do. But we don't express this with kindness to to those that don't share our convictions or beliefs. We believe that God's people should live a certain way and we should always promote a righteous lifestyle. But we can't expect people who don't share our beliefs to live this way. We pile on condemnation when people don't live the way that only the Spirit can enable us to live. We as believers are following a path that often, often helps us to avoid the many pitfalls of a sinful life and to experience a life that brings inner joy and peace. John 10.10 reads, The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. We need not to be ashamed of what we believe. We have something exciting, enticing, freeing, life-giving. But if we are not kind, that message will be lost. And the gospel becomes not good news, but caustic to those who don't know Jesus. As I've been thinking over this message this week, I've been musing on this quote by Rob Bell in Velvet Elvis. By the way, for those who don't know me, Velvet Elvis is my favourite book of a Christian author ever written. And I read it over and over again. I just read it on our holidays. And um, there's this quote from it that I've just been mulling over and I just want to read it to you. The point of the cross is not forgiveness. Forgiveness leads to something much bigger, restoration. God isn't just interested in covering over of our sins. God wants to make us into the people we were originally created to be. It's not just a removal of what's being held against us. 
It is God pulling us into the people he originally had in mind when he made us. This restoration is why Jesus always orients his message around becoming the kind of people who are generous and loving and compassionate. The goal here isn't simply not to sin. Our purpose is to increase the shalom in this world, which is why approaches to the Christian faith that deal solely with not sinning always fail. They aim at the wrong thing. It's not about what you don't do. The point is becoming more and more the kind of people God had in mind when we were first created. It's a great quote. And so I see goodness as a pursuit of what is right, good and godly. And whilst anyone can have goodness and do good things, without the spirit it will not be all-encompassing or easy. The yoke will chafe. And ultimately, it won't change your heart. When we are kind, we are seeking the best for another person, putting another's needs before our own, not seeking to win, but to serve. Ultimately, I think kindness is not a particularly natural instinct for people, and it's only truly possible through the Spirit. Philippians 2, verses 1 to 4. I'm going to read this from the message. If you've gotten anything at all out of following Christ, if his love has made any difference in your life, if being in a community of the Spirit means anything to you, if you have a heart, if you care, then do me a favour. Agree with each other. Love each other. Be deep-spirited friends. Don't push your way to the front. Don't sway, talk your way to the top. Put yourself aside and help others get ahead. Don't be obsessed with getting your own advantage. Forget yourselves long enough to lend a helping hand. When we live out our lives with goodness and kindness, people may not accept the message that we preach, but they're much more likely to listen if our lives are like ripe fruit, plump and sweet with the Spirit. Paul says that you can't go wrong when doing good and loving others, and the next verse after the fruit of of the Spirit in Galatians 5 is that against these things there is no law. And my final scripture that I'm going to read is from Romans 13, verses 8 to 10. It says, Don't run up debts except for the huge debt of love you owe each other. When you love others, you complete what the law has been after all along. The law code don't sleep with another's spouse, don't take someone's life. Don't take what isn't yours. Don't always be wanting what you don't have. And any other don't you can think of finally adds up to this. Love other people as well as you do yourself. You can't go wrong when you love others. When you add up everything in the law code, the sum total is love. So I hope you will join me this week in reflecting on this. What is goodness? without kindness. Thank you.